Welcome to a special edition of the Everdeckers podcast. This is our first mini pod. We have some ideas for for names. We're still workshopping that a little bit. In fact, we just got a suggestion from Pat, which was the Double Deckers. The Double Deckers. I think you said, "What's better than one poop in the top of your toilet?" Well, that's two. <laughs> so, uh, with me today, uh, well, first of all, I'm Drew. Derek and Matt are not here for this. I think Derek's going to end up doing a um, a soccer mini pod, and Matt has plans to do like a musicals mini pod or something. Why would we Me- get invited to that one? Musicals or music? <laughs> no musicals. I like, like <laughs> no, he's he's not doing that at all. He might. He he talked about doing a, like a Marvel comic movie type of podcast because he's real into that. But it's for the ladies, it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with me today. Uh, I have Pat, and we're calling him John right now until he proves he's Butler, but welcome to the podcast, guys. I prefer Love Muffin. Love Muffin, that's right. (laughs) Everybody's going to hear that, right? Okay. Yep. (laughs) We are, uh, we're recording from the main pool at Pat's apartment complex. It's hotter than balls out here today, um, but we're sitting in the shade like old men with our shirts on. couple of us drinking beers i'm drinking water because i have important equipment out so um today we are doing a college football preview podcast um we're going to center this around tcu because we're all tcu guys but uh we will give some thoughts to the overall landscape of college football um we'll talk more specifically about the big 12 conference and then we'll dive deep into TCU football um, in the end, finishing up with our uh, projections for the Final Four um, this year, the college football playoffs. So, um, all of that being said, um, general thoughts about college football, the state of things, um, how, how you feel about the or going into the second year of the college football playoff model. Really? Okay. Thoughts? No thoughts. It's good. It's good. No, I mean, I'm excited to see what year two brings. Um, First year of the playoff, obviously, was a little little disappointing coming from just a purely selfish perspective of a TCU fan, but the Final Four format was fantastic. Um, It actually gave you a reason to care about some of those bigger bowls. Really entertaining. A couple of disappointing games with the Oregon Florida State, especially being pretty pretty craptastic. And other than that, I I love the format. I think it needs to expand eventually. That's maybe a topic for another time. But um, it's I think it's headed in the right direction finally, giving giving more teams a chance to compete for the title, which has definitely been an issue. Some teams being left out over the previous years. Love muffin. Thanks, Pat. I think uh, it's definitely going to expand. Uh, going forward because five major conferences only four people getting in every year someone's going to be disappointed every year so uh, you know it's good it's definitely an improvement but I think it's going to be changing here in a couple years no matter what happens this upcoming year I tend to agree and we will um, probably have to get back onto that um, maybe later on the season maybe in the off season talk about some <coughs> conference movement type things and expansion of the college football playoff etc well That's our first very general segment. Uh, We will be back here in just a moment to talk more about the general, um, our general outlook on college football for this season, kind of staying away from the Big 12 Conference and TCU. You're listening to Double Decker Podcast, a mini pod, college football edition, coming to you from the Upper Deckers. We'll be right back. Let's make love on the niggas in the 
dirty hotel with the fan on the ceiling, uh. All for the love of drug dealing, uh. Marble floors, uh. Gold ceiling, uh. Oh, what a feeling. I won a billion. Jeff Coon balloons, I just want to blow up. Condos in my condos, I want to row up. Krispies with my Missy, live at the MoMA. Bacon's and turkey bacon, smell the aroma. Oh, what a feeling. Welcome back to the Upper Deckers Podcast. You're listening to the College Preview Double Decker Mini Pod. I'm Drew here with Pat and what are we calling you this time? We'll call you Butler. We'll give you we'll give you Butler. Um, <laughs> we uh, we've already given you sort of an overview of the state of college football, but now let's talk a little bit more about our expectations um, for college football overall. Um, with the knowledge that we'll get a little bit deeper into the Big 12 and into TCU here in a bit. So I thought that um, a good idea to kind of start the conversation and push it in the right direction um, for this segment would be to kind of just go through the preseason polls. Um, do you guys have a preference, coaches, AP? Let's, uh, let's do coaches. AP don't know what they're talking about, plus they don't count the final rankings. So, Well, you know, the coaches don't actually all vote, so... That's all right. Have like their whatever their intern did. Yeah, I trust their intern more than the lie about it. It's okay. Their minions or whatever. Okay. Well, um, how about the top fifteen of the coaches poll? And feel free to just jump in with any comments that you have, short comments about these teams as we go. So at fifteen, um, coming off of a nine and four season, uh, Ole Miss out of the SEC. Ole Miss. Um, you know, from a selfish standpoint, you know, we had a. A nice throttling of them. Speaking, we is in TCU. Sorry, I'm not on the team, but they're they're a great team. Um, they were a little down, I think, in the Peach Bowl last year. Obviously, losing a couple of their big players. Laquan Treadwell's supposed to be back this year. That guy's, in my opinion, a top three wide receiver in the country. Just a really dynamic guy, um, and it's almost addition by subtraction losing losing their quarterback, uh, senior, yeah, right. senior from last year. So um, the replacement can't be any worse, I don't think. Um, I think we saw their replacement for a little bit at the end of the Peach yeah, Bowl. Yeah, they got they got a field goal out of that guy. So, so there you go. <laughs> so I mean, they're they're going to be attention. they're going to be a, a force in the SEC West. I think again this year, it's always always a tough division, but I think I think they they have some potential to be just as good this year. Uh, number fourteen, uh, UCLA out of the pack. They were ten, coming off of a ten and three season. Um, Snoop Dogg's was it Snoop Dogg's yeah, kid? Yeah, son. Uh, quit the team. Yeah, it's like three practices in or something. Yeah. Right? He's a he's a four star out of Bishop Gorman. That's a powerhouse in, in California. But yeah, apparently he didn't want to follow in his in his dad's athletic footsteps. And yeah, so he wants to make a name for himself, I guess, in rap or something. I read that he that he decided. Well, you know, it. Who knows what the real reason is? The real reason might be that he was like eighth on the depth chart or something like that. But. Uh, but the reason that they they gave publicly was that he wanted to concentrate on his uh, sports management and and uh, music management studies, and he, he like has a company or something. So that's that's what he said publicly. But is, yeah, some good nepotism there. Is uh, on daddy's footsteps? Yep. Is is it Headley? Who's their quarterback? Is he coming back again? Hunley. Hunley. He was drafted. Okay, yeah. never mind. Who's their who's their quarterback this year? Don't ask no me. No idea. But I know I know they're supposed to be a talented team. They had a big big recruitment class. Uh, Sean Diddy Combs' son I know is buried on the depth chart. There's a little fight about that earlier in the season, but um, I think he's going to be a productive player on the scout team and looking for some big things from UCLA this year. I think the Pac-12 is going to be pretty tough, and UCLA is going to they're going to be good, but probably end up about ten and two. All right, 
think, you know, going on that, Pac-12 South could rival uh, SEC West as one of the best divisions in college football if all goes to play in this year for, for them. Um, we've got some really good teams in that division this year, so it's going to be a tough division. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll get to, let's see, at least one more from the South and another. Is Arizona on there? Um, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. Yeah, Arizona is actually twenty second. Okay. Um, the thing, my my thoughts on the on the um, what is it? The pack. Pack sixteen. Sixteen is that what they're calling it now? Or are they just calling it they the call pack? It pack twelve. Yeah. It's like we call it the Big Twelve with ten, and Big Ten is with fourteen, and or yeah. 10, 12, I don't know. So so my worry sense. about the about the Pack twelve this year is that they are. I mean, you're not you don't have. I don't think Oregon is going to be quite as good as they have been. So you're going to have a lot of teams kind of in the same talent bracket um and they might cannibalize themselves and you know when you're the sec west and you cannibalize yourself it's because everybody's good but when you're or the so pa- they say right mm-hmm. but but yeah no right what so, so they say but when you're the pack and everybody cannibalizes each other then it's oh the pack is down you know like the same thing the same thing would happen with the big 12 but um Coming off of a somewhat disappointing season for them, um, eight and five season at number thirteen in the coaches poll, LSU. They're, pro- um, they're probably gonna be better this year. I don't. Did they return their quarterback or is he? I don't think they well, ever they have got, a quarterback. They got yeah. they got that that badass running back. Um, Fournier. Yeah, he was gonna win the Heisman last year, but started off with like a hundred yards in his first three games. Yeah, off to a little slow start, but uh, the guy's a monster. Really picked it up in the last half of uh, last season. And I expect him to be, if not invited to New York, at least up amongst the players in the in the top of the SEC this year in terms of offense production. The guys, he's a monster, and um, they're always going to bring a good defense with less miles, some good grass eating, and just you know great <laughs> atmosphere there. It's tough to win, obviously, at Death Valley at night. So um, always a good team. You know, four wins is a is a bad season for them. So I expect them to be you know a nine and three or better team again this year. Kind of like the Pac-12, though. The SEC West is going to be cannibalizing itself a lot, so you know they could end up at eight and five again and still be a pretty good team, or they could end up at eleven and one. It would piss everybody else off. Yeah. yeah. At number twelve, Clemson. Um, they have high expectations with um, a pretty solid quarterback uh, coming back. Um, they had a ten and three season last year. Um, I would, I would, I, I would say that, you know, they might be my favorite in the ACC. I, I agree. I mean, ACC is Clemson doesn't get a lot of love um, nationally, which is you know too bad. They're, they're a really solid program, great coach. They've had you know some great talent over the past several years, and just are always seem to be nine, ten win team. Um, I think they're going to be good again this year with Florida State. Kind of a question mark. We'll get to them in a minute, but uh, Clemson, I I almost agree. I think they they could be a favorite for the ACC this year. They're uh, they are having they are that's fine they they are having to replace um, an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. um, uh, new head new head he's a new head coach at SMU, um, which we're not going to oh, talk yeah. about SMU because screw guy. them. Hey, shout out though, to SMU. I'm glad you guys got good a ponies. good got got a good coach, good good offensive coordinator coming in. Some good uh, Texas high school football coaches going to help you guys out. So they can um, double their win total this year and get up to two. <laughs> Uh, at number eleven, coming off of an eight and five season, um, Notre Dame, who like like TCU is typically typically outplays their preseason ranking. I feel like Notre Dame uh, d- 
does the opposite usually. Yeah, they're they're in that kind of uh, Texas mode of their Notre Dame, so they have to be ranked top twenty-five, most likely top fifteen every year until they really play themselves out of it for three or four years in a row, which UT finally has. Um, Notre Dame, I mean, they're the thing with them. They had a lot of injuries and a lot of suspensions because of cheating last year. Which, I mean, okay, that's not really an excuse because you guys are idiots. But um, they're bringing back a lot of guys had a lot of experience last year that weren't necessarily ready to play last year. Malik Zaire is going to be in there. No, no QB controversy um, in Notre Dame. Obviously, another great recruiting class coming in, um, and they're an independent. And if they win their first six, seven games, you got to believe they're going to be in top three in the country. So, always a tough schedule there. Um, I don't know if you have anything to add. Isn't Notre Dame starting off with Texas first game of the year? Yep, they I mean, are. You should see that game. That'll show a lot, I think. Yeah. I, I for, ex- both teams, for both teams. I, for both yeah. teams. I expect Notre Dame to throttle them, but if Texas puts on a good showing, that, that could be uh, a, a little statement for, for Big 12 season. So, we can get into that in a little bit, but, yeah, it's, that's a good point. That should be a really interesting um, little barometer for, for the seasons for both those teams to start off. Another team out of the um, out of the Pac-12 uh, starts out at number ten in the coaches' poll. Um, high, high, high expectations for this program coming into this season off of a nine and four season last year. That's USC. Um, I don't I don't know that I'm buying them as a favorite um, quite yet, but they have a very very solid team. Yeah, they've been down for a while, but their coach I think is pretty good, Sarkeesian. And, yeah, uh, he did some good stuff for them, and I think. He recruits pretty well, so I think they don't stay down for long. So you could see some big stuff out of them this year. Shout-out to Alex with Georgia at number nine. Um, they're gonna be, they are gonna be—they basically are going to be competing with Mizzou in the SEC East, uh, which are they, Junior varsity. Are, are, they, are they the tallest midget? Maybe. <laughs> Chubbs, though. Yeah. I want to I spend a minute talking about this guy. Came in last year after Gurley got suspended for ridiculous reasons, and then – um, end up tearing his ACL, I believe, out for the rest of the year. But this guy, once again, just a staple of Georgia running backs, coming back year after year, seems like, over the past few years, are just absolute beast. This guy's going to be a stud um, for Georgia, and he can he can carry them to a few wins by himself. And I, I think they should be the class of the, of the SEC East pretty easily this year. Look to them to lose one game you don't expect, though. They end up about 10-2 and two every single year. They could lose to Florida or Tennessee or one of those teams. So. Yep. Yeah. Um... Florida State, the team that probably should have been left out of the playoff last year uh, given the results of the playoff, but you can't really leave them out because they were undefeated. Um, they, uh, they're they coming in at number eight to start the year in the coaches' poll. Um, for some reason, I just think that there's way too much going on off the field with that program right now for them to really put the season together that they need. Um, given their performance in the Rose Bowl last year, mm-hmm. um, but that's just me. Yeah, I. Everett Golson's the big news for them this year, this offseason. Um, other than who's the running back? Who's their vessel running back player? I forget his name. But uh, the guy who who was in one team photo and not in the other team oh, yeah. photo because he's got some legal issues. He's yeah, I think allegations it's are pending of um, potential domestic abuse disturbances, which is you know that's a disappointing trend in all sports. But continue on in college football, um, Florida State criminals there. They should be good. Obviously, talent is there. Um, they've had some top recruiting classes over the years, and 
you know, Jimbo Fisher, love him or hate him, he's got in some good some good players. Um, Everett Golson, that's their it's the huge X factor. I mean, the guy's got all the talent in the world, but if he doesn't show up mentally, then uh, they they could they could lose three four games easy this year, or they could go undefeated because ACC is not that great. Um, it's gonna be. I, I just ACC is a tough tough conference to talk about. And number seven, Auburn, who seems to sort of bounce up and down every other year. Uh, number six, my favorite, Michigan State. Uh, coming off of an 11-2 season and Cotton Bowl win over Baylor where they killed their kicker, I think. Number five, Oregon, who who, who may be – Oregon may be living off their name with this with this ranking. I'm not – I don't know that they have a quarterback yet, and – I really don't know that they're they're the same since Chip Kelly left. I don't know. They kind of reload every year too. It's, it'll be interesting to see now. Mariota's gone. I, I think they got a they got a lot of returning players. I mean, they lose their highest profile guy, obviously, in Mariota, but uh, court, backup quarterback is kind of a plug and play. Unfortunately, kind of like our, our favorite team, Baylor. Um, that system is just plug and play. If you got a quarterback that's that's accurate, they have so many athletes around them. Um, it, it's a tough it's a tough team to beat any year, and, and Altson is one of the the toughest stadiums to play in um, in the country. So, I don't know what their schedule good. looks like, but they the Pac-12 North with Washington, Washington State. They aren't going to play. That's Oregon not a state. Yeah, yeah. it's a lot easier schedule than the Stanford in the North. Yeah, I think so. That'd probably be their toughest game, mm-hmm. unless they play UCLA. Um, a note, a note for you guys before we get into the, into the top four. Last year, the first year of the college football playoff. I don't know if you guys know this, but the coaches poll uh, in the preseason coaches poll, three of the of the top four from the preseason coaches poll made uh, the final four for the college football playoff last year. So, if form holds, three of these next four teams that we throw out there, um, you know, will make will make the final. Got that, a suggestion for the fourth? Yeah. 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 That'll be, that'll be tough um, for that to happen, though, because two of these teams do come from the Big 12 Conference, and I, I think it's going to be tough to get two teams from the same conference, given the fact of what um, Butler said earlier, that there are five major conferences and only four spots. So if you put two teams in from the same conference, uh, you're leaving two conferences out. That's a, that's a lot more um, pissed-off ADs um, than than just you yeah. know the one. crazy thing about that, I we were two games away from that happening last year yep so big 12 was a team left out last year and with a wisconsin showing up in the big 10 championship game and uh georgia tech pulling off the win i think in the acc championship game um big 12 would have had two in there last year so it's it'll be interesting to watch again so the top four baylor four alabama at three I feel like I feel like Alabama gets ranked in the top five, no matter who they have, just because you know everybody just expects whoever steps in the next year to be awesome. Uh, TCU at number two, receiving one first place vote from a coach, who knows who that was, um, and uh, number one, the um, defending champs, Ohio State, receiving all of the other first place votes. Uh, thoughts on um, your expectations for the season um, outside of who you think are gonna is gonna reach um, the Final Four? We haven't really talked much Big Ten yet. Um, any thoughts on the Big Ten? I think Michigan State might buy, jump up and uh, be the team to beat Ohio State, which wouldn't get them out of the playoff. I don't think they end up eleven and one again. But Michigan State returns a lot of guys. They they could be uh, the next best team if Ohio State falters. Thoughts on on Harbaugh and Michigan? Do you think they make a jump in this first year? I I think so. It's not going to be a big enough jump to make them a contender. 
but they but, could screw somebody's season exactly, up. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Especially um, is Ohio State Michigan's always one of the last games of the it year, is, right? Yeah. So that's going to be so emotional, especially if that team's coming off, you know, seven eight wins. You know, looking to get maybe an eighth or a ninth to get into a premier bowl game. Or hell, or hell, if they're at five. if they're at six wins yeah. and they're trying to get that one more to assure a yeah. bowl game, you know, you never Plus know. They're yeah. on a ruin Ohio State season. Yeah, so and like the emotion's never going to be higher. And Harbaugh is one of the greatest coaches in the country. Um, it's it, that'll be a fun game to watch. I don't watch a lot of Big Ten football, just style preference. But um, it's they've really they really helped their their case last year, just in terms of national perception. Ohio State just really demolishing people at the end of the year, and uh, they're going to be just as good, if not better, this year. And it's they're they're a scary team. Absolutely. Um, a couple uh, more short, quick hit type of topics here. Um, Heisman contenders. We talked about Chubb, um, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, from Ohio State will probably be up there. Um, whoever who, their quarterback whoever is. Yeah, whoever they, they end up on uh, for, for quarterback. Be, I think um, JT Barrett's going to win that by week week three or won. four. Yeah. 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 Trevon Boykin will be in that conversation. Um, a lot of people have him as their favorite at this point. Um, the quarterback at USC. Max Kessler? Yeah, Kessler. Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. Cody, Cody Kessler, that's Max right. Max Kessler, is he on Sports Nation with Michelle Beadle or something? <laughs> probably. I, think I probably screwed that up. <laughs> Sorry. Anybody else? Max Kellerman. Kellerman. That's close. <laughs> Anybody else you guys can think of as Heisman contenders? Maybe a dark horse, somebody we haven't heard heard the of. Baylor yet, quarterback or? might be up there just for putting up stats. Who? The Baylor quarterback. Seth, I don't know Seth Russell. Russell. Yeah. Um, he's good. I think um, Fournette is going to be another guy. He's yep. going to he's going to put up the numbers. Um, I'm trying to think defensively, those are always tough to get, but. But are but are they ever really contenders for that? No, I mean those maybe it's Scooby, just kind right? of a, a courtesy. Scooby out of Arizona, the guy's he's a stud. Um, one of the probably the best linebacker in the country. Um, I think those are some of the maybe Katie Cannon or Corey Coleman um, out of Baylor wide receivers. Those are going to be up there in terms of numbers as well. Laquan Treadwell, I think as well. Um, those are going to be some of the top guys this year. But I think you nailed it with your, with your top two or three there. Um, Boykin's going to be one of the favorites, and Ezekiel Elliott. I think those are the top two going into the end of the season. Uh, thoughts on teams to watch, dark horse teams that um, you know might be poised to make a, a TCU like jump or an Auburn like jump from the year before. I think I was talking about this earlier. I think Arizona is going to be pretty good this year. I, what were they like ten and two last year, and they lost the uh, the Fiesta Bowl to Boise, but uh, beat Oregon. They did beat Oregon. They almost beat them again in the Pac-12 championship. I want to say. I mean, they they might have lost by two. Yeah, I think I think they got ten, ten and four. So ten and four. So yeah, they, they got Rich Rod. He's been improving that program a lot. I think they could. Uh, <laughs> Win the South, the a, Pac-12 a South. team I like. I don't know necessarily as a uh, a dark horse conference champion, but just a team I think is going to make another big jump this year is Arkansas. Um, they got a good staple of running backs, and they got you know Brett Bielema in there, who's known for having some of the biggest, baddest linemen um, in the country at Wisconsin. Been in Arkansas for I think it's his third year now. They finished um, the season last year on a pretty good run. I think too. they they won like their last six games, I want to say, and that you know kicked ass in their bowl game. Um, destroyed one of our Big 12 conference members um, in early in the season. We got a rematch with them with Texas Tech starting off the season this year. So I think they're going to be another good team to watch, Dark Horse. Another team is Mississippi State. I got a shout out to my dad's alma mater. They returned their, their quarterback, Dak Prescott. Oh, he's, he's are, a Heisman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we forgot yeah, to talk contender. about him, but, you know, he, uh, he was a really good player. And, the, you know, SEC West is really tough. But He's a linebacker playing quarterback. And yeah. So that guy's a moose. Yeah. They could, they could be another team that goes about 10 and 2. Couple, couple other teams um, that I would throw out there. Uh, 
maybe not so much as a as a you know big New Year's Day bowl contender, but somebody who's going to make some noise. Watch out for Tennessee. They have all the talent in the world. They just got to kind of start to put it together. And they are in the SEC East, so they're going to have chances to, to big big opener against Oklahoma. See what they're all about. That's, that's the third game of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and out of the Big 12, um, we can get into this a little bit later, but I think Oklahoma State has a chance um, to make some noise this year. Um, they're bringing back quite a few people at key positions. So um, that, those are a couple teams that I would say to watch out for. Uh, any last thoughts on, on sort of non-Big 12 football before we jump into I some mean, more specifics? I'm, I'm just excited for the year. You know, we got, we got about – what, 20 days till the season starts? A lot of good storylines, year two of the playoffs. So I'm excited to see what some of these teams bring because there's always going to be a, a shocker and a disappointment somewhere. So, What about the non-Power 5? Who do y'all think is going to make they, – they have a guaranteed spot in one of the New Year's Six Bowl games. So they who, do. Who would y'all that pick for true. that? You know, I, you know, ever since TC moved to the Big 12, I feel like I've just lost touch. Um, but, you know, I, obviously I think Boise is typically good. Brian Harrison's back there. Um, he was – he was their offensive coordinator, went to a couple places, Texas, and then he's the head coach there now. Boise State is ranked number 24 um, in the coaches' poll going in. Um, outside of that, you know, like there's – like who was it? Marshall was the – Marshall yeah. jumped up last year. Team last year, but I think they, they blew it in one of their last games. Um, yeah, I don't – I'm sorry to say um, – Non-power five. Yeah, I'd probably get I, Boise until proven otherwise. They I, seem to do good every year. And I hate being that guy. <laughs> I respect you, but uh, you, it's it's the media's fault. Yeah. And okay, so how about some how, any local teams? SMU. We don't think they're going to be anything special. I think the talent differential this year. Maybe not the talent differential. I think the coaching differential will be a, a nice improvement this year. Maybe you know, hopefully they get a you know three four win season. Um, but I think the coaching is going to be big there. Um, UNT, UNT, they lost a ton of seniors, uh-huh. but they made a really good push to a bowl game last year. I'll take one of those. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, in terms of other local team, I mean I Houston, you. Houston, I think starting they're they're picking up. Um, they're a pretty solid team usually every year. And I'd say uh, that, local uh, Oklahoma team, Tulsa. They got Baylor's offensive coordinator. They might be pretty good this year. Well, tape fingers. Oh, that's the new Baylor coordinator. Yeah, my bad. That's they, got the, they got their actual coordinator. They got, yeah. the, good one. They got, the, good they got one. the real one. They got, they got the, the one, one that lost the bowl. Excuse game. me. Yeah. All right, that does it for our um, overall preview. We're gonna start to get way more specific. We're cracking beers. Way it's more ta- drunk. It's it's tailgate time uh, in the Big Twelve, and we'll be right back with Crack our Big Twelve preview. Crack of water, brother. Back to the Upper Deckers podcast, this mini-pod, double-decker, college football preview edition. I'm Drew, Matt and Derek are not here, but instead I have Pat and Butler. Yeah. I would say, okay, I would I would say upgrade when we're talking Big 12 football for damn sure. Maybe not all the other stuff. Soccer, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched too many musicals lately, so. Okay, he's really not doing a musical <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Um, so let's get into the Big 12. Um, we have, or I have in front of me a list of over under win totals in alphabetical order. And you guys have not looked at this yet. If you're going to go back and listen to this and like 
actually count out the win totals that each of us says to see if it actually can happen, just don't waste your time because I'll tell you right now that we're going to mess up and we're not going to, it's not going to be a viable prediction. Speak for yourself. Oh, you, you did some prep for this? <laughs> All right. No, we're making it up on the fly. So just a quick preview of this segment. We'll go through alphabetical order, talk about win totals. We'll also get into our expectations for the for the conference and newcomers, those kinds of things. Um, so let's start things off um, with these win totals. And um, I, in alphabetical order, because I would never put this team first uh, <laughs> otherwise, um, Baylor. I'd say they're going to win 11. They're going to go 11-1, lose to TCU at the end of the year. Oh, so optimistic. Um, I say they win three. No, <laughs> no, no, no. No, they're 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 a really solid team. Um, despite maybe personal feelings, I think I think they're gonna lose two. Um, bringing back, you know, a lot of talent. I know Seth Russell's a, a plug and play kind of guy, but I still think he's gonna have some mental mistakes. Almost losing to Tech last year, um, which was a pretty terrible team. It, they're they're going to be really good. I think they're going to drop one on the road. They have a Oklahoma Oklahoma State back to back. I think um, on the road. No, Oklahoma's at home. Oklahoma yeah. State's on the road. Um, I think they drop one of those. They have, they have. I think they have Oklahoma State followed by Oklahoma followed by TCU. Yeah, so that's a tough gauntlet. If they can get out of that two and three, great for them. Um, I don't think they can, and so we'll see. They're going to be a good team though. You got to watch out for them. They don't. We can talk about their non-conference schedule if we knew who they were playing, but. They're, uh, they could usually start off 8 But like we said, we don't pay attention to non- a winning team. <laughs> yeah. What was that? Well, they could start off 8-0 without playing a winning team, I think. I mean, they, they play a lot of no ones. That's true. I would say I would say a lot of people are really touting their their defense. They have a, they have, they're returning a lot of defensive players with a lot of talent and a lot of abs. Sean Great Oakman, abs. Great uh, abs. Who, in my opinion, looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. I I, I didn't really I've never really se- fired. <laughs> no, I really I really haven't seen him show up in a big way in a big game. Yeah, I mean other he, than penalties. Okay. Um the guy but, the but, guy's but, a physical freak. Right, but and, and he's good. And and Andrew Billings on the interior he's of the good. defensive line he's is good. freaking amazing and I can't believe that we missed out on that guy. He was a TCU commit until signing day and then flipped. But these things happen. I will say though that their defense will be improved as much as a defense can be improved when you're returning a bunch of starters. I don't think that they're just going to be world beaters or anything like that. Um, they're still going to go just as far as Seth Russell takes them, and I think that that is probably somewhere around 10 wins, which is the over-under. And I think, uh, you know, their big players look out. You know, Katie Cannon's a monster. Corey Coleman's a monster. Spencer Drango, that was probably my biggest disappointment of the offseason that that guy didn't declare yeah. um, for the draft. That I, I don't... I thought he was a first-round pick. He probably should be this year. Um, they're going to be really good. It's it's all dependent on, like you said, in their defense. Um, Seth Russell, practice report came out the other day, and what or yesterday came out. It was 14 to 16, three TDs or something um, in his first practice. I don't know if that says something good about him or bad about the defense. He's really good at throwing against golf carts. He did win the golf cart passing academy championship. So um, we're obviously very biased. No, but they're all respect to them. Um, really good team. Really crappy fan base. So, who's next? All right, next. Um, Iowa State. Uh, I think they returned their quarterback. They're, the quarterback is uh, Richardson, I know. he's. I think he has the second most starts in Man, the, uh, the Big 12 for, for returning quarterbacks. But uh, it's going to be another rough year for them. If they get to six wins, it'll be a big uh, big season for them. You know, Iowa's probably going to be their biggest game of the year. Um, they beat and, Iowa a lot. They beat them last year. Uh, yeah, but just in terms of 
you know, importance. They're, it's they're, it's a big turnaround right there. I love I love their coach and I love their fans. Yeah. Some of the best fans in in the Big Twelve. Yeah. They they sold out their season tickets for a team that's projected to win five games. So um, shout out to them. You know, great fan base. I really wish they turned it around a little bit better, but it's a tough conference. So um, they're they're towards the bottom of it. Yeah. And I I I, tend, I agree with that. I think that would be a really cool trip to go on some year uh, up to Iowa State. But their over under set in Vegas right now is three wins. I mean, I think I, I think they probably get over three wins. I'll take the over on that all day. But I mean, Kansas should be one. They got. Should be have one out of conference, easy one in Iowa. Iowa. Speaking of Kansas, hey yo, hey, that's a traitor. That is a traitor. Um, I'm just, gonna, I mean, Kansas gave TCU a run for their money last year, but oh, come on, man, their over under is set at one and a half wins. I honestly would maybe take the under on that. Yeah. They're going to be one of the worst Power Five teams in history. I think they're only. I think they have 60 scholarship players that are. Uh, yeah, and like they the they lost. Charlie Weiss really screwed them up. They lost maybe they. I mean, they lost Cummings, their quarterback. They lost their best running back, best wide receiver, just all due to injuries and suspensions, and all those JUCO players just didn't work out. Getting kicked off the team. David Beatty, great hire for them. Um, really passionate about KU football. I think he'll turn them around. It's going to take a lot longer than this year. I hope they give him some time to do that. I don't. They don't yeah, pay him after I, a couple of years because it's not looking good for them at least for three or four yeah, years. Yeah, it's it's going to be a rough season for KU. So they're they're basketball start. Yeah, their non-conference schedule. This should give you an idea of if they can get to two wins because I don't really see a win in conference for them. They have um, South Dakota State out of the FCS. That's a home game. They have they have Mem- they have Memphis at home, which Justin Fuente has that team, a good team really yeah. moving forward. Um, and then they end at Rutgers. Um, uh, yeah, I see. So. I mean, South Dakota State, I think, I want to say I saw the line for that. They were favored by maybe a touchdown yeah. um, against an FCS team. So that, that just tells you the state of that program right now. But, they, you know, I think a, a bright, maybe not bright, but brighter future for them in the coming years. Um, passionate coach, that, that's what they needed. Get some excitement in that program again. And I, I hope to see them turn things around. How about Kansas State? Bill Snyder, he always uh, keeps them competitive. I... Uh... You know, they could end up anywhere from six and six to ten and two, and I I would believe it. So I don't know who their quarterback is or any of the returning players, but they, they seem to reload too. I feel like a lot of a lot of their success is contingent on the JUCO players that they bring in. I don't think they had a really good haul this year, um, but those guys are always going to be very sound football players who play their assignments. And I think I think that Bill Snyder is worth six wins, right? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. That so, may be that may be the only coach in the country where. I don't know if there's a person or a fan base that says I hate that guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Bill Snyder is just one of the the class acts, and this is coming from a a, a KU um, kid growing up, and I, I still respect that guy. And uh, K State, they they lost a lot losing Tyler Lockett last year. Um, I think quietly one of the best receivers in oh, the country. Yeah. He's um, having a big NFL year. Yeah, he just returned a punt yeah, or a kickoff or a touchdown yeah. last night, whatever, in a preseason game. So. Um, they lose a lot this year, though, and it's going to be tough to find eight, nine wins for them this year. Kansas State, seven wins is the over-under. I might take the under. I'm thinking right around six. I'd push. I'd say seven. Yeah, that's a stay away for me. Oklahoma. Um, coming off a, a disappointing season for um, for Oklahoma fans and what they tend to expect from a team. But in reality, 
they didn't have an awful season. They just it wasn't great. It was an Oklahoma season. You know, right. they they lost the TCU game on a pick six in the fourth quarter. They lost the K State game with a missed extra point. I oh, here's say. our Oklahoma expert. I, I'm, I'm, I'm an alum. I go to Oklahoma. <laughs> I know traded. my shit. Oh. <laughs> and they lost Bedlam on a they lost on Bedlam a on a last thing scene. They they could have been eleven and one last year. Their only big blowout was to Baylor. So they've got a new offensive coordinator. Uh, They're going to more of the air raid style. More of the air raid, just like TCU did last year. I, I kind of expect a big bounce back year for them. You know, Bob Stoops has never lost a single digit or single digit wins two years in a row. So, huh? Nice fact. Yeah. One thing worried about them: offensive line. I think is a little depleted this year. They lost some guys last year. Um, Samaj Pirine is is a, a freight train um, behind they, those guys, but that's is going to have you got to have people to block for you. So that's going to be one thing to watch out for. Yeah. Another thing is who's playing quarterback. Is it going to be Baker Mayfield? Is it going to be Trevor Knight? Baker's a better dancer. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with Trevor Knight. I think he's going to pull a Boykin, and uh, he's probably going to have a pretty big year with the new offensive. Sterling Shepard healthy, too, one thing to mention. That guy, um, top top two, three in the Big 12 receivers. And Stryker. Oh, Eric Stryker. Yeah. God, we could go all day about Stryker. Great linebacker. So Great I think name. I know. I think I know where you stand on this, Butler, but the over-under is nine wins. I'd probably go over. I can see 10 and 2 for them. Um, they're right now. I think preseason number three, Big Twelve. That's I could see ten for them. Um, I with two losses, you know, maybe TCU. They got them at home this year. Um, they're at road in Baylor. I think that's a loss. So I, I think I could take ten for them. If they get by Tennessee, I think it's their third game of the year. They could start off pretty easily, eight or nine, no, and uh, you know it'll be a big November for them and the rest of the Big Twelve too. So yeah, I could I could see them losing two out of Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State. But yeah, we'll see. Speaking of which, Oklahoma State. I think they're going to be pretty good this year. They uh, their quarterback Mason Rudolph is coming back. Uh, had three big games at, towards the end of the year. They pulled the red shirt. Uh, I don't think they're going to go undefeated or anything. But you know, they could they could definitely go ten and two, nine and three. That's it is a team I don't buy. I'm going to go against the grain here uh, this year. Um, I know they're returning a lot of guys, but returning a lot of guys from a crappy team doesn't make you better. Um, they lost their best player to one of those previously mentioned this domestic dis, uh, disturbance issues. Um, he was the most dynamic guy on the team last year by by far and away, and he's gone. Mason Rudolph, I like the guy. Um, he's definition of a gunslinger. The guy's going to be throwing. He's a Casey Paha. He's going to be putting up a lot of numbers, and I think a lot of those are going to be interceptions. Um, Fair enough. And so they're 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 going to be better this year, but I, I don't buy them as a as a conference. Just because they have all their you know big games at home, um, I don't buy them as a as a conference threat. Vegas agrees with you, setting the over under at seven wins. I mean that's 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 on the line of are they bowl eligible or not? Yeah. Not are they contending for the conference championship? They went through a rough patch last year. I think they started five and zero, and then they lost five or six in a row, and then they won the Bedlam game to get bowl eligible, which is big for them. Um, just to have the extra practices, so I don't know. I, I'd probably take the over on that. On yeah, I say, I say over. I'm thinking like eight or nine. Yeah, I, th- I think they can get eight. Um, I think media is is really pumping them up this year as a, as a bounce back. Um, I just don't see it being a ten win team. I'll skip TCU because um, we'll talk about them next. But I will tell you that their over under is set at ten, just like Baylor's. Um, so That's tough. Um, Texas, do they have a quarterback? That's my question for them. I don't know. I mean, we'll find out. Notre Dame game because they Charlie Strong's already come out saying he's going to play both uh, Gerard Hurd and um, Swoops. Swoops. I'm sorry, Cheryl's kid. Um, nephew. Nephew. Same thing. Um, first game of the year against Notre Dame. So 
I think Hurd's the better prospect there. I think he should be the better player and, and win that job. But Swoops maybe maybe develops a little bit this year. Defense defense is solid. Tech Texas always Charlie Strong. Um, they'll be better. They'll be better this year. I hope Charlie Strong's done cleaning house because they really need to start getting back to win. I'm afraid they're not going to give Charlie Strong. If they have another down year again, they might let him go. So yeah, for his sake, I hope they, they have a bounce back year. And I, think I like that, Charlie Strong. I think that's a mistake too. I mean. You've got to give that guy a chance to actually put something together. Yeah. But they're over-under set at six and a half wins. I'm not touching that because they could surprise you and yeah. put up seven if, you know. Yeah. Texas Tech coming off of a huge loss at TCU last year. Uh, thoughts on them? I bet they'll be better. I, I could see like six and six this year. I don't know. Six wins, Vegas says. They got a new, got a new D quarterator, right? Um, but they have a new one every year. Yeah. But <laughs> this one they say is going to work, so. Um, Heard that before. And they're, you know, it's Coach Bro's third year, fourth year. Um, he needs to put something together this year to make it make it worthwhile. If show, he, show he that got a big a contract coach. extension, didn't he? Yeah, he did. But if, but the thing is, is if he's not Cliff Kingsbury, he might have already been gone because yeah. he's he has not met expectations. No, I mean, I like I like uh, Washington, the running back, he's a good player. Um, they always have, you know, a fun offense. They're gonna have a good offense this year. So it's, can they stop anybody? Mahomes played pretty well like, at times like last year. Almost beat Baylor. They were pretty good. I like Mahomes. He's going to be good. And finally, West Virginia, the team that everybody is sort of touting their defense going into this season. Their defense almost ended TCU season last year with, mm-hmm. uh, you know, almost killing B.J. Catalan in his TCU career. Um, in his they're gonna, football career. Yeah, they're going to be better. Um, they're, they're always a good, you know, tough matchup for TCU particularly, but good team. They're kind of my dark horse, I think, for the Big 12. I, I could see them winning 10 games if, you know, uh, things break for them. I think they play Maryland in the non-conference, and then uh, one more big game. No. So, Butler, how many – I think that's five teams you have winning maybe nine, ten games this year? Yep. All right. <laughs> should be a – going to do that math. It's going to be a great Big 12 conference this year. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think <laughs> there's going to be a lot of parity in the conference side. There could be a lot of teams at the top towards the end of November, you know. Um, any 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 crazy expectations for up and coming players? Um, anything like that? Or do you just not? Um, I think Katie Cannon is going to have a breakout year. He already kind of did as a freshman last year. Um, he's going to be really good. Um, I'm trying to think. You know, Sterling Shepard's going to have a big year again, but in terms of up and coming, yeah. he's not he's not necessarily a newcomer. Um, Probably go with Joe Mixon in Oklahoma. He's coming back, five-star recruit after another domestic violence issue. Yeah. But uh, he stayed with the program, and uh, I think he was the top-rated running back coming out of high school a couple years ago. So he he'll, he'll be splitting carries with P. Ryan if uh, stuff goes their way. He could uh, see a lot of action. Last but not least, any games that you're any particular games you're looking forward to outside of TCU matchups? Oh boy, uh, I w- I'm excited for Bedlam. Yeah, yeah. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Kansas Iowa State's gonna be good. I, I want to see Baylor open. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see. Uh, a, I think Baylor at Oklahoma State is gonna be a really fun one. I don't, Baylor's had a lot of trouble there. Um, I can't really, you know, brag that we. They're had in Waco. There. Oh, it's in Waco this year. I could have sworn. Um, yeah, last year they beat them in Norman. No, I said Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Sorry. Yeah. Um, that I, is. That's in Stillwater. I, I think that's gonna be a, a really, really fun matchup. Um, other than that, I mean. You know, Red River is always fun to see if Texas has yeah. bounced back. But yeah. other than that, I mean, there's not a whole, you know, ton of matchups that I'm super excited about this year outside of the, the, the top two teams. Okay, that's our Big 12 preview. Uh, we'll come back, 
um, after a short break here and get into some detail about TCU and give you our predictions for the college football playoff final four and our champion. That's next on the Upper Deckers podcast. Give me all good love. I was singing with them Jezebels under perfume sheets. Welcome back to the Upper Deckers podcast, this mini-pod, double-decker, college football preview edition of the podcast. We have some more mini-pods coming up for you over the next handful of weeks. I know that Derek's already prepping for a, um, a soccer um, preview, just soccer mini-pod. Uh, I think he's actually waiting for the World Cup um, qualifying draws to come out, so he's going to talk a little bit of... Um, International soccer, U.S. men's national team, EPL, maybe even some MLS. Um, but that's that's coming up here pretty soon. Um, Matt is, I think, planning some other mini pods, but uh, we'll get those to you here, um, you know, over over the course of time. It's now time to talk the thing that we're probably most passionate about, and that is tailgating for TCU football. Um, <laughs> no, it's actually it's actually TCU football. We, we had actually talked about, Pat and I, over the last week or so, talked about um, including a little tailgating section in this where we rank the boozers. But oh, I, yeah. I, think that, I think that might have to wait. And what we can do is I'll just bring my phone out and we'll record some stuff from, from a tailgate this year and I'll include it on one of the main podcasts. It's like a break or something. Um, great te- idea. Have some chanting. That'd be great. Yeah, absolutely. Shotgun time. We, gotta, yeah, we can yeah. expand on this. Um, TCU coming off of a huge season, maybe an unexpected season last year, 12 and one with only lost by three to Baylor in the 61 58 game that we all kind of want to forget, but, um, that Baylor won't let us forget because, um, they don't believe in postseason success. They just believe in winning one game a year. Um, TCU, we said, uh, ranked in the top four, um, at number two in the, the preseason coaches poll, three in the preseason AP poll, uh, Trevon Boykin uh, kind of looked at as the front runner for the Heisman going into this season. Expectations are through the roof, but but there's a lot to replace on defense this year, guys. There there really is. As much as much as we return basically everybody from the offensive side of the ball, um, defense we're basically going to have to replace four guys in the secondary, two linebackers, and we return all. Well, we return most of our two deep on the defensive line. We lost Chucky Hunter um, to graduation. But um, what are your thoughts on this season? Uh, I guess let's start off with with offense, the expectations offensively um, that you have for, for TCU this year. It's going to be year two of the uh, the air raid offense we've installed. Like, you know, I think we only lost one starter on the offensive line. Everyone else returns. I expect some big things. I don't know how much we can improve, like, statistically, but, you know, I think we're going to put up a lot of points. Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be adjustment on both sides. Uh, you know, other teams are gonna expect they're gonna know what's coming this year, but we're gonna be a little more efficient, I believe. Um, maybe you know, not so many not so many you know long third downs. Um, you know, get in get in second and third and short opportunities. I think that's gonna be the big change this year. Um, maybe numbers aren't gonna be as high because we're not gonna have an 82 point outlier. 
Maybe right. we will, hopefully, on November 27th or something. But um, but <laughs> just I, a random date. Yeah, just, yeah, one of those days. But I don't, I don't think the numbers are going to be as big this year. I think it's going to be efficiency. Um, when you look at TCU late in the season compared to early in the season with that offense, it's night and day. Just it really is. If you go back and if you go back and watch some tape, like actual game, if you have it on your DVR or whatever, from like the Minnesota game, we left so many points on the field. We didn't know we didn't know we could run the ball. Yeah. No, we didn't. That's why we, that's one. That's my thought. Why we lost the Baylor game. Yep. They they didn't trust the running the ball. Yep. Um, which end of the season, Aaron Green, stud. I'm sorry, former Nebraska transfer Aaron Green. <laughs> I gotta say his full name. Um, no, he's not a former Nebraska transfer. He's just a Nebraska, Nebraska transfer. transfer. Aaron Green. In yeah. I'm sorry. Um, that guy, he's you know, he's a stud. I look forward to him this year. But that's you know, sum up. Offense is gonna be better. Um, night and day difference from the beginning of last year. I look at a big year for uh, Chorus Johnson, the other running back. I think he's a he's a workhorse. I think he weighs like 220, 230 or something. Yep. He, can, he can pick up some tough yards for us. Where Aaron Green will be more of a every down. Kept, yeah, every down back. So. Um, the only thing that I have to add to that is I know that in reading some practice reports from Carlos in the in the Forward Star Telegram that um, one of the things and also. Um, ESPN's visit to campus uh, earlier this week that one thing that Trevon Boykin is really working on is sort of improving his efficiency over the middle of the field if you remember last year a lot of times it looked like he was afraid to throw it over the middle um, I think he threw uh, over or under 60 percent uh, completion percentage over the middle of the field and you know that's that's an area that he can really improve and if if we're able to open up the middle of the field and not just kind of launch it to um, to dox in for jump balls or to listen to me as he outruns people. Um, I think you'll start to include uh, Ty Slanina over the middle a little bit more, uh, maybe Des White, Kevontae Turpin, those kinds of guys that are your slot guys that can c- catch the ball in space over the middle and make things happen. I think one, yeah, one of the names you left out, I think, is one of the biggest storylines for the season is Deontay Gray. We haven't heard. And there's a reason that I left yeah, him. Yeah, because yeah. we haven't. Gary Patterson, you know, notoriously tight-lipped on injuries, which which is a good thing for kids. You don't you don't want to be giving out their injury reports, but it's you know frustrating for those hardcore fans. They want to know what's going on. Obviously, um, my my thought is he probably had a meniscus tear or yeah. some or something in the in the off season, just kind of slow to get back. But that guy's one of the most dynamic players in this offense, and if you have to match him up against a safety or a linebacker over the middle, um, and and Boykin's comfortable with that throw this year, that could that could open up a whole other level. What about Eccles Looper? Do we know if he's switching to cornerback or he's he back at receiver? Wide, he's gonna be back at receiver. So yeah. he could be one other one of those guys and catch the ball over the middle. And he, that's punt returner. He, I mean, he he saved a season for us last year against Kansas. Yeah, he did. Um, that he did. I like that guy. And you know, All American long jumper, I think. Or no, maybe not All American, but he was in nationals. He's on the four by one too, I think. Yeah, that was All American team. That's right. Yeah, Colby. All right, so the offense. We really don't have many questions about it. It's it's more can we can we, can we just tighten things up? Can we get a little bit more efficient in ways? The defense is a totally different story. Coming off of this defense to graduation into the draft, we have Sam Carter, Chris Hackett, Kevin White in the secondary. We have Chucky Hunter. Chucky Hunter Paul up the Dawson. middle. We have Paul Dawson. Marcus Mallett. Marcus Mallett in the middle. We're losing a lot of guys on defense, and the thing that that. A lot of people are kind of hanging their hat on is that Gary Patterson tends to reload on defense. He does rotate a lot, um, especially in the D line, and and the linebackers not as much last year because he had guys that were that were studs. But um, there were a handful of guys uh, that are probably going to have to be counted on to step up this year in the secondary that maybe didn't get a lot of playing time, but did get a handful of snaps last year. What are your expectations for the defense? Do you think we actually reload? 
Uh, for linebackers, definitely. I think we just reload with them every year. Um, I think uh, no, uh, we're in a big year from Kenny Aloka in the secondary. Uh, I think he's a senior this year. Juco he and transfer. Denzel Johnson are kind of in a battle for that job. Okay. Yeah, I think um, you know the big the big stable coming back for the defense is the defensive line. Um, David Pearson, you know Tua, Caraway, those those guys are going to really anchor um, the Lathan. line. Lathan is another stud. Um, he's he's had a couple injury tweaks I think this season. Hopefully he should be healthy, ready to go by the time the season starts. That line's going to be one of the best in the Big Twelve defensively. Um, really demolished Ole Miss last year, you know, with that line, you know, plus Chucky Hunter. But I think replacing him. Got the Nebraska transfer, another Nebraska transfer. Yeah. Um, it's a pipeline for us now, but um, it's Aaron Curry, I believe. Um, and so that's that's going to be the Don't anchor. Don't forget Chris really, Bradley up the middle too. Chris Bradley, also another good player. That's that's really going to help grow up. I think our our secondary and linebackers early if they can really help stuff the run. So that's going to be the the unit to to watch to make sure that they're they're helping lead the defense. We'll see versus Minnesota that first game. They've got a big offensive line. I think our uh, defensive line will really. We'll learn a lot about them, and then if they can uh, pressure the quarterback, who's I think he's returning, but uh, no, he's not. Never Liedmeier. mind. No, he sucked anyway. Yeah, he wasn't that good. But <laughs> hopefully, we uh, we assert our will there, get up early, and then we can play a lot of the younger guys too. One thing that Patterson's really been hanging his hat on. Uh, did I use that again? One thing that Patterson's really been noting this off season is that they're really they really have a lot more team speed on defense this year with these younger guys. Um, maybe they're not as experienced. Maybe they're not as t- well, they are probably as talented, but they're a lot faster. And in my mind, one of the one of the key positions um, that we really need to have grow up this year and really make contributions early is linebacker. I know we only played two in the four-two-five defense, but there is likely going to be at least one freshman that plays significant snaps at, at the linebacker position. Now, they're faster, and we have a lot of returning D linemen who are studs. So. My key to the defense really this year is can the defensive line keep those pulling offensive linemen uh, and off Engaged. of the linebackers? Yeah. Engage them, just hold them as uh, where they are, and let those fast linebackers kind of scrape over the top and make plays. That's a, that's a big key to Patterson's defense is the defensive line isn't out there to necessarily make plays. What they are is to out there to do is to occupy offensive linemen so that the strong safeties can fly up and make plays and the linebackers can make plays. Yeah, I mean, Freeze, Dunham, uh, Douglas, you know, those are all going to be some big keys in linebacker, um, linebacker unit. They're they're faster. They're going to make they're going to make mistakes, but hopefully they can run to catch those mistakes a little quicker. And yeah, yeah I think you're going to mention Jason Phillips. Yeah, big coaching addition. Uh, Jason Phillips, I guess he had about a five year career in the NFL. One of our mm-hmm. best linebackers ever at TCU. Started as a true freshman. Yeah, played four years. I think he was on that team that beat Oklahoma. He was. And uh, he has a lot of experience. I think he can add a lot. You know how to. Yeah, he tough, wasn't a big recruit. He's going to so. add toughness too. That yeah. guy was a. He's a beast. He's a hard ass. Yeah. And, and I think I think I noted it in conversations with you guys, maybe online, maybe over Twitter or whatever. But if the if these freshman linebackers just listen to him, do exactly what this guy says, they'll they'll be successful. Um, that's that's why I like the schedule setup. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna make a lot of mistakes early, but it's against teams that you can afford to make mistakes against for the most part. Tech's gonna be the scariest of that early group. Yeah. Um, just because they're they're gonna be able to score points. And that might have to be the offense wins a game type type of game, but um, I think by the time the meat of the schedule rolls around, week nine, week ten, um, after our first eight games, the defense should be grown up by then. Um, you know, uh, throwing a throwing a quote from one of my brothers, alma mater's favorite coach is Al McGuire. 
best thing about freshmen is that they eventually turn into sophomores. Mm -hmm. And so into into you know towards the middle of the end of that season, I think those freshmen are going to be grown up and uh, ready to really contribute and make make good plays, not so many mistakes. Are you guys worried about anything on this team going into this season? What do you think? What do you think could derail us? There's, there's, there's always, a lot of things. I'm going to throw out injuries. There's always yeah. the injury concern, but that's that's the same with any team in the nation. If if Boykin goes down, it's over. True, true. You know, um, we didn't even talk about backup quarterback. I don't know. Who, who do y'all think? Foster Sawyer or uh, I think Bram Mol, I think uh, not, not Molstein. But, I think uh, you're going to see Cole Yeah, Cole Hausen's probably going to be the guy because he's a senior. Um, and nobody's really stepped up in terms of those two of um, – of Milstein and, and Sawyer yet. Kenny Trill's lighting up the scout team, we know. Yeah, but that that's one thing I like. That's yeah. a that's a subtle um, little little undercard there is that this is the best scout team quarterback in the country probably, um, and the TCU defense gets to goes against gets to go against every day. Um, that's going to make them better because he's going to be making the passes that you know maybe not a lot of other kids would complete, and so that that's a nice little addition to have. Any newcomers you guys are looking forward to seeing? For me, I'm looking forward to Kevontae Turpin um, and Mike Freeze. I'm sorry. I know I know you're looking forward to Turpin oh, as well. I love that's Especially if Deontay Gray is out for any yeah, period of time. I, I love Kevontae Turpin. This dude, watching this film, he's a, he's a little lightning bolt out of Louisiana. Um, if anybody cares, go watch some of his highlight tape. That I'll guy, try to tweet it out later. That guy is he's, he's so fun to watch. Um, the name that comes to mind. Oh can't think of the name anymore so never mind um west virginia stud from a couple years ago uh Tavon austin that's that's the name that come to mind when i watch that guy he's he's got got good speed maybe not as fast as austin but just as quick and just is he's a he's a, a, a juke stick you know he's all over the field and uh, i think offensively him is going to be fun to watch defensively patterson's already mike singing freeze. his praises too i'm probably gonna mike freeze on the defense yep um I think he's going to see a lot of playing time. He's the linebacker, linebacker. freshman linebacker. Yeah, and he's going to get get a lot of stats, I think, tackles, and hopefully he uh, steps up. Listens yeah. to Jason Phillips. Maybe yeah. not a, maybe not does. a newcomer, um, but I think just in terms of a, a leader stepping up this year, I, I, I think I want to look at Ranthony Texada. Um, a little undersized as a corner, but he's having to take over that number one corner spot this year after, after Kevin White departed. Um, he did, you know, an admirable job last year. Got beat a few times learning, but really stepped up into the year because he's, you know, he's what a five eight, five yeah. nine. Um, not a big dude, but he can run. Got great hips, and mm. you know, he's got he's got yeah, good he hands. He's got yeah. great hips. <laughs> yeah, you like that coach speak there from a guy who never played. That's his wingspan. Um, uh, Jay Billis would not be impressed with you. His read wingspan. you read a lot of about uh about football, huh? Yeah, but uh, no, I I, I like Texada. He's or Tejada. Tejada. E- either way, he spelled spelled one of the two. Um. He's gonna he's gonna be a, hopefully a big leader for us this year. And finally, um, I guess two more questions. One, your expectations for TCU's win total and overall season uh, include if you how you think that we're gonna do with those you know major uh, end of season awards. And then uh, I want to ask you guys about who your final four and, and eventual champion might be. Uh, as far as uh, like defensive off or offensive player of the year for the Big Twelve, I'll probably go Boykin. Defensive player, I think we've had it three years in a row. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go James McFarland. Oh, McFarland! Oh, I think he's gonna have some good. Uh, a lot of sacks. A lot of sacks. Maybe some interception pick sixes, like we saw in the bowl game. Okay. Put, put up some stats. Right, I like. And, and your general expectations for the Frogs this season? How many wins? I want to say 14 and 0. Okay. National champions. I'm okay. gonna say it. All I'm right, he's gonna <laughs> go for it, <laughs> Pat. Um, offensive, I agree. I think I think Charlie Boyd is the man to beat there. Um, even Heisman? If, even if he 
Uh, I, uh, yeah, what the hell? Let's yeah. go for it. Um, okay. Even if he doesn't have this, you know, because Russell Mahomes are going to put up crazy numbers just because that's that's all those teams do is pass. Um, Baylor, maybe not so much. They have a good running game, too, but beyond the point. Uh, I think Boykin's going to be the offensive player of the year. Defensively, I like Ogba out of uh, Oklahoma State. Um, I think he's he's a stud defensive end rusher, probably the best end rusher in the league. No offense, Sean Oakman, please don't kill me. Um, in terms of what what else are you asking? Win How's TCU going to do this total. year? Win total. Um, I think they're going to they, they have a tough schedule this year. They're going to be got you know at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State, and then home for Baylor three weeks in a row. I think we drop one of those. Um, hopefully not the Baylor game. So I think we drop maybe at Oklahoma, and hope we can bounce back beat Oklahoma State. That might be before then, but um, and then beat Baylor at home. I'm say level one regular season, make the make the playoff, um, meet. I think I think Ohio State's going to slip up this year. Um, I think maybe meet you know an SEC team in the championship game, and uh, I'm going to go for the national championship as well. Maybe maybe a 13 and one season. All right, uh, Boykin will win offensive player of the year in the Big Twelve. He won't win the Heisman, though, because I feel like he's he's not going to quite put up the same stats as he did last year, and he's not going to be compared to the other Heisman candidates. He's going to be compared to what he did last year. That's kind of what happens. Yeah. Um, I would say um, maybe the USC quarterback for the Heisman, Good. Um, possibly Chubb, um, but I don't think Boykin is – he, he'll go to New York. But I think Elliott's another, another guy who might yeah. win that. Um, also great abs. <laughs> in terms of Boykin, I hope he runs less this year. He put up a lot of running yards, and uh, he might be forced healthy. to do that. Yeah, I want him to stay healthy though. Um, defensive player of the year, give me Andrew Billings out of Baylor. I hate it, but that guy is a terror. Um, TCU expectations—they're going to drop one to either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Um, I, I'm trying to remember how the schedule sets up, but I think I—I I would not be surprised if they lose the. First of the two, and because of that, end up going on a run. TCU teams tend to really respond well to a loss, um, and I and I think that you know if if that one loss is not Baylor being the last game of the season, I think that they'll end up in the top in, in the top four going to the college football playoff. I would not be surprised to see Ohio State, um, some team from the SEC West, whoever comes out. I'm maybe thinking Auburn there, and then uh, USC as as my final four. Um, and I expect a TCU-SEC West matchup. And, hey, we're all homers here. TCU wins that thing, right? Yeah, there it is. All right, any other thoughts on anything related to college football, guys? Really looking forward to the season there, Drew. Yeah. Absolutely. The tailgate season is upon us. What's on the menu, yeah, week one? On menu? You know what? I think week one we typically go with, like, a burgers and brats type thing just because I'm too concerned with boozing before the first game. Get it. But warm it up. We're going to be undermanned this year. We, we lost a lot of guys, uh, you know. Hey, we don't rebuild, we reload. We, reload. <laughs> we do reload, don't we? we get Chris Boner in there. We get some, <laughs> get some warm bodies. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for joining me for this mini pod. Um, I'm going to let Matt and Derek know about the double-decker idea name for the for the mini pod, and we'll see if that, that thing sticks. Um, we're the Upper Deckers. This is the Upper Deckers podcast. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at Upper Deckers Pod. Email us, UpperDeckersPod at gmail.com. Um, and I hope that you guys enjoy your college football season. Thanks, boys. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll try to do better next time. We'll see you then.